We don't have much to go on. Someone's developed a micro device. The perfect assassin. Injectable lies in wait inside its victim. One touch of a button, you can give a head of state a heart attack. Two deadly agents. ID. A former FBI agent named Jeremiah X. Sworn enemies. Seven. Are tracking it down. We have acquisition located. Who will find it? I have a situation and you're my only option. This woman single-handedly took out a heavily armed escort detail. I need you to find her. Of course you do. My daughter wanted to tell him why you look so sad. And told her it was because you just got beat up by a girl. This is why is this the thing? Welcome to the show! Oh, we're here. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the program. You dropped the A on the program, by the way. Uh, the, the, the program? Program? I believe that's how it's spelled and pronounced. Program? I guess you're right. What are you, a speech pathologist? <laughs> is, it, is it like pilgrim? Does that sound like I need a speech pathologist? <laughs> uh, yeah, we are doing today one of supposedly the worst movies of all time. If you ask Rotten Tomatoes, it is the number one worst movie of all time. <laughs> okay. And they judge that based on lowest score with the most reviews. And oh, this right. is the most reviews for a 0% movie in Rotten Tomatoes history. It also holds the record for being the movie that has been on our two watch list for the longest yes, consecutive really? period of time. Yes. Wow. I think a full eight years this movie oh, has been sitting on the list. It might predate the podcast itself. Wow. It's been there forever, and the amount of times we've been like, hey, we should finally watch that. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> that zero was daunting. Although when we finally uh, decided on it this past week, I was just laughing. I'm like, I didn't, because I didn't know it was a zero. Right. Because I just find a zero percent to be the funniest score ever. <laughs> Nobody, you cannot find a critic to say anything positive. Even lukewarm about the movie. Because no. Water Tomatoes now, lukewarm is, a, is fresh. Yeah, exactly. Zero percent. I'll go through it here. Top 10, zero percenters in terms of number of reviews. Ballistic, colon, X versus Sever, number one. By the way, pencil in a good 45 minutes. Diane, hold my calls. 45 minutes just talking about the title. We'll get to that. In okay. Uh, <laughs> number two, One Missed Call, the J-Horror remake. Left Behind, a 2014 Nicolas Cage apocalypse movie. Oh, that's based on the books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a Thousand Words, the Eddie Murphy comedy from 2012 comes in at number four. Gotti at number five. Oh, man. Previously wow. covered on this podcast. Not the Pinocchio that we covered, but the O2 Roberto Benigni Pinocchio is at number six. Wow. Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, number seven. Gold Diggers, uh, that's number eight. Number nine is The Last Days of American Crime, a movie from 2020. What? Oh, yeah. That completely fell under my radar. Okay. And then Jaws the Revenge at number 10. Whew. Previously covered on this podcast. Fascinating. There's your list. Okay. But this tops them all. So the first question I guess I have for you two, gentlemen, is does this thing deserve to be at the top of any list of the worst movies of all time? No, it is remarkably way too forgettable to be 
ranked this high. I trust that a 10% rating is a bad movie more than I trust a 0% rating is a bad movie. Because there's a memification. Yes. There's a bandwagon effect, so to speak. Especially with that many reviews. I don't like the movie. (laughs) Nor do I think it's a good movie. But I'm also surprised that nobody gave it, like, you know, it's got problems, but it's a lot of fun. Like, at least something like that. Manola Dargis, for the Times, I read her review and it was lukewarm. Okay. And so they kind of counted that as negative. But she's like... It's literally all explosions. I mean, what else could you possibly want out of a movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There. Yeah, so, uh, so like, it's still a, a negative review. Yeah, I. it is funny, though, that, I mean, so many of the Paul W.S. Anderson movies of that era, even some of the bad John Woo movies of that era, like, you know, like Paycheck or something, which, by the way, this guy is doing the lamest John Woo karaoke I've ever seen in my life. Say lamest John Woo, lamest Matrix karaoke. Yes. Yeah. But, but it feels like all of them at least have their defenders on the internet. And this one has yet to find, maybe just because the movie isn't available anywhere. That's true. You know, if this thing is streaming on Netflix, maybe someone looks at it and is like, eh, that scene where the guy's falling off the building is kind of cool. It is the only good shot in the movie. <laughs> it's the only one. There are a couple <laughs> times where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sick. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's very few and far between. There has not been, yes, even the mildest half-hearted defense and so yeah i do think that this is kind of a different category of bad you know nothing redeemable but also nothing so overtly comically terrible that it needs to be in room cats birdemic territory no it's it's weird it kind of just is a movie that was unfortunate enough to fall through the cracks in that way just it was chosen to be forgotten and cast away by everybody because i just look at it from a production standpoint and it's just perfectly okay i can immediately identify it as like a stupid action neo-noir which means it has some hold on like what an aesthetic for a movie or genre could be i kind of disagree with that i don't think it's done well but but there's very obvious like callbacks to you know what the movie is trying and to there's do a, and yes there's a sad uh, assassin sitting at a bar drinking himself to death smoking his dead out, family out, yeah, out in the rain you know all there's that. that i also think like the first five minutes of this movie where the airplane just comes in and there's like generic 2000s pop music playing this movie if i didn't know what it was called or what it was about coming into it could have been literally any genre yeah like sure, if, that, sure. if after that five minutes this turned into a rom-com i would not have been surprised in the slightest that's how <laughs> generic and boring that intro is well yeah i know that's what I, but i'm just saying like there are instances where it's like oh that's pointing to this kind of cinema that's pointing to this yeah. kind of cinema there's a whole slew of ideas floating around in this movie that never calcify into anything yeah most importantly it's a movie this is a discernible beginning, middle, end plot, characters, development. I wouldn't use the word discernible. <laughs> it's discernible. Yeah, I, would, I, would. I can tell you roughly what happened in the film. Well, like, I'm glad you can. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not a total fucking mess. It's not that kind of movie that just got out of the hands of the filmmakers and we have this... I mean, it is, but like a hot. It, he says this guy chaos literally. Oh, chaos! Death. That's right. Yeah. No, but but like it's, he says that it was taken away from him in the. Oh, end. really? Oh, the old producer meddling defense. I was actually going to say though, this movie does feel like it got fucked in the edit. Well, you did. Yeah. You can feel it I, watching this thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's a better version of this out there. I'm just saying, you can tell that this was not like the way it was shot. And the way it was edited were like two different approaches. 
I no, it, I mean, I get. I don't think that this movie was capable of being saved, though. No, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen more colossal train wrecks than this. There's also professionals working on it. Joel Kramer yeah, yeah. is the stunt coordinator, and he did all the Fast and Furious movies and Blade Runner and a bunch of stuff. Darth Maul's in it, so that's cool. Darth Maul is in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> so, and you know, Banderas and Lucy Liu, although they have zero chemistry on the screen. <laughs> yep, it's fun watching them. Those are two movie stars. It's professionally lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can sometimes see what's going on. Yeah, like and I, I've so oh, I, there's a there's a camera move that was set up. <laughs> I thought the action was passable, you serviceable. Thought things happened on screen. Actions took place. <laughs> I thought the fighting, the actual coordination, was actually punches were thrown. It was decent. Guns were shot. Guns were shot, all right. The, <laughs> Vancouver was wiped off the map. <laughs> Vancouver does not exist at the end of this movie. Thank you, Lucy Liu. Roger Ebert brought up a great point where he was like, it is half-star review, of course. He's like, two United States administrations decided to wage full-on war in the streets of Vancouver, and the Canadian government was just fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> just like the CIA, and there was a, the DIA. DIA or, yeah. They just went, and they just started 40 people dead, bodies strewn about <laughs> in a busy intersection, and like there wasn't a phone call being like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> the action was derivative, but it was passable, it was serviceable. There was a period of time where action movies and filmmakers in general didn't know what, how to handle the Matrix. They didn't know how to respond to it. They, didn't, they certainly didn't know how to top it, mm. and they weren't going to top it for a very long time. So right. you get stuff that's just kind of seeing what they can do. What's the first movie that topped the Matrix? Has an action movie topped the Matrix since it? He's, well, he's going to... Well, there's one. He's going to jizz all over George Miller's chest in a second. Am I, I wrong? As the question was coming out, I'm like, Fury, oh, no. Fury Road. It's fluttering away. I can't take that oh, back. Would you be happier if I said Fallout? Mission Impossible Fallout? You know what? It was Mission Impossible Ooh, Fallout that did it. I like that, that answer. Uh, that's not very Matrix-like. No though. one has beat the Matrix at its own game. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, That's exactly right. Yes. That is exactly right. I'm trying to think of like a techno sci-fi yeah, like cyberpunk. I don't know. Because Dread is doing a completely different thing. Dread is, yeah. It's not that's even, more of like a... That's its own thing, though. That's not trying to be the Matrix. Yeah. I, Looper? Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, know. That's a noir movie. That's yes, with a little sci-fi bend. It's not really... Source code? I mean, something like that. Source code. Yeah. I, I, I'm grasping at straws here. I really, I really don't know. I really don't know. The what Justin is Timberlake vehicle in time. <laughs> Ooh. Looks impeccable. Shot by the D. <laughs> that is correct. First time he used digital, baby. And he fucking crushes it. Oh, he does. That movie blows, but man, does it look cool. <laughs> I have Those tattoo watches were sick. I have no idea why he agreed to do that movie. That is so not his thing. <laughs> Uh, talking about the the movie for this show today, mm. this movie was a first for me. I did something I was, I guess, I'm not that ashamed of because the movie sucks. But guys, first time ever, I fucking fell asleep. Oh my god! Oh, I'm almost thirty years old. I've I've seen. <laughs> I see probably over 3,000 movies or whatever. And 2,000 of them bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I've stuck it out through all of them, but guys, I fell asleep. I mean, what a day. Do you think that this reflects the quality of the movie or Adam's My aging? Age. Yeah. <laughs> 30. His, his, his lack of stamina. I don't know, Adam, do you have a lack of stamina? I think <laughs> it just wasn't doing it for me. Wow. Um, now, listen, by the way, I am a lifer at that. Like, welcome to the club, my friend. I have fallen asleep to many movies over the years. I couldn't believe it. I've just, I, and I, I, it's something I was like, I don't ever, ever want to do that. Yeah. Now, I finished the movie. Mm-hmm. I woke up and was highly disappointed. Well, stamina wasn't that bad. No, I guess you know, not. Was, uh, <laughs> I keep it going. No, no, this was so bad. Boring, this movie. It's a snooze. Holy shit, is this one of the most boring things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Considering how many cars are airborne, too, during it. I, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been that bored by so many cars in the air. I didn't have this experience because I watched it in three bite-sized 30-minute chunks. For a second, I thought you were going to say 3D. I watched it in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> the red and blue glasses. You got it. Well, the cars. <laughs> Coming at me. Do you like when the cars were in the air synchronized? Like it was like an <laughs> Olympic diving routine? It was yeah. Like oh, man. Parallel cars. <laughs> yeah, so you watch it like a Quibi. Yeah, quick bites. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, there you go. So was it less boring for you? Oh, yeah. I'm a defender. I'm an ardent defender of this film. Yeah, one of my favorite reviews for this I saw was... I'm guessing the director is a magician. After all, he took three minutes of dialogue, 30 seconds of plot, and turned it into a 90-minute movie that feels five hours long. (laughs) Yep. And I feel the same way. Absolutely. The math just, what kind of alchemy is going on where the sum is so much longer than its parts? Because, Nick, you said earlier, like, this is an easily explainable movie. You have to explain that one because I can't. I, I just, what, Oh, indiscernible. What the hell is going on with? All I could figure out was that the bad guy just wants nanobots. <laughs> Dude, when Ebert wrote his review for this, he's like, okay, I really don't have any criticisms. I'm just going to poke as many plot holes in this as I possibly can, <laughs> okay. which is great. When Ebert goes into plot hole mode, it's one of my favorite. That's, that's almost every pan is he's like that. Having fun. I'll read it. He goes, a miniaturized assassin robot, which is what these things are, small enough to slip through the bloodstream would cost how much? Millions? And it's delivered by dart. How's this for an idea? Use a poison dart and spend the surplus on school lunches. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the poison dart's been around for centuries. That is true. Right? Just blow it. I mean, you're fine. I'd say that for close to a millennia, <laughs> the, the blow dart has been around. I mean, you still have to shoot the guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, what difference does it make? Why don't you just use a bullet? I don't right. just yeah, shoot exactly. the fucking guy. Ballistic. It's in the title. That is true. Instead, you get this x-ray of like this thing with four legs. It's like a little robot that like... Stops your heart. Stops your heart. It's yeah. like, what is this? By the way, highly unclear in the moment that she shot him with a blow dart. It looks like a gun. It sounds like a gun. And she just shoots him in the arm. I'm just like, okay, what was the well, point of she that? put it in the bullet. Why not just shoot him in the head? Like, uh, is yes, it just because... Exactly. Dramatic irony. Yeah, how can I make this death as ironic as possible? Is yes, that all that was? I guess That's so. all it is. Trying to make a statement. She's a political activist, Lucy Liu. That's right. <laughs> Kidnaps children. Right. For the greater good, Adam. For the greater good. Oh, yeah, I know. That's right. She's the good guy. That's why she kidnapped the children and caused terrorism across Vancouver. That's why she shot a a fucking semi-automatic rifle at a crowd of innocent people. (laughs) She gets on a a mounted gun in the back of a fucking truck and starts starts shooting people like Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
No, I love the scene where the truck starts going in reverse because she's like, oh, f- this bitch shoots every truck she sees. <laughs> it's like, I am not going to be in the line of fire. The guy is retreating and she's still like, we are flipping this shit over right here, right now. Like, like the Blues Brothers don't even come close. No, this not guy, even close. Listen, Lucy, could you imagine Lucy Lou versus the Blues Brothers <laughs> and the amount of car carnage that we would see in a movie? I don't know if the Blues Brothers universe, though, abides by the same laws of physics, which is anytime a bullet hits any part of a vehicle, it is going to flip over. <laughs> you shoot the tire, you shoot the windshield, you shoot the grill. It doesn't matter what you hit. That thing is going airborne immediately, and it doesn't matter what weapon you're using. I'd love to see that movie. These two <laughs> Sever versus the Blues Brothers, baby. <laughs> when do you want to do the title? You want to do it now before let's, we get into the plot? Let's, let's do it now. Okay. Ballistic. Okay, that's a movie title. Sure. Sick. Like a gun. It's ballistic. Oh, no, we have a colon. Is this a sequel of some kind? Nope. It's a versus movie. X. Not spelt with the letter X. Oh, I hate Not this. even EX. Did they even bother explaining this? Like, was it a nickname that was short? Like, it's his last name. Jeremiah X. Just understand that Antonio Banderas plays Jeremiah X. <laughs> what kind of... What kind of last name is X? X. Have you ever met someone named X? <laughs> I mean, salacious figures, yeah. Oh. I, mean, sure. I have a bookie named X, but I mean, <laughs> Adam, I haven't met every person ever. No, okay, I see. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So there's X. Okay, right away, we're like, what's going on here? This must be a character from something, right? Mm-hmm. Must be a comic book or a video game or something. Nope. Nope. Just X. There were video games released simultaneously with this fucking movie. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Versus. Oh, no. Another versus movie. Not good. Godzilla versus Kong. Joe versus the volcano. Uh, how many great versus movies, Adam? Come on. Give me some more. Alien v. Predator. Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator. Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy King Jason, Kong yeah. versus Godzilla. Uh, of D- course. Totally different movie. Sure, Godzilla fights Mothra a couple times too. Oh, I'm sure, you Godzilla know versus Destroya. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Mm. Godzilla versus Gigan. Godzilla mm. versus Mecha Godzilla Two. Sure, <laughs> keep going. Come on. Uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah Two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Uh, Godzilla versus uh, Hedera. Godzilla versus Heteros. Did you say Is Godzilla versus said? Space Godzilla? Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, a big one. Yeah, great one. Godzilla versus Megagarius. Godzilla versus Mothra. Mothra versus Godzilla. Uh- <laughs> the People versus Larry Flint. The People versus Godzilla. <laughs> Kramer versus Godzilla. <laughs> so it's another versus movie i think the point is they're not great generally Generally, no not a great format oh i mean batman v superman dawn of of justice there's the big one the greatest one of all time of course here's the bottom line and we all know having seen enough of these by now we're covering most of them on the podcast Uh uh-huh very rarely are these characters ever fighting each other. Oh, that's right. They're always like fighting another villain. Like they like don't get along for 20 minutes. And then the rest of the movie is like Batman and Superman decide to fight Lex Luthor because their moms died or something. Yes. Oh, no, yeah. Because their moms have the same name. That's right. very important. <laughs> Your mom's name was Martha. My mom's name was Martha. Why did you say that name? Martha! <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. That's exactly how it goes. <laughs> 
so this movie, no different. Two characters that don't get along for one fight scene. Yeah, here's the thing. One of the worst offenders of what you were just talking about. Yes. Though, because, like, at least you get, like, a halfway decent, semi-cool fight scene with the other guys, right? Right. And this is, like, a five-second fight scene. Yes. Oh, and I'll, I'll be a little nicer. A three-minute fight scene? Is that about right? Three minutes? Uh, I don't know. On the dock there? Point is, not very long. Not very long. <laughs> and not very sexy, although it seemed like that was the intention. Yeah. I don't know if that's because it was directed poorly or these people have Zippo chemistry on screen. Just the worst duo. Yep. And I like both of these people. I mean, this should be like a match made in heaven. Yeah. If you told me today Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas are doing an action movie together, I'd be in. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I guess. That'd be sick. Antonio Banderas, though, like he, he's done the action hero thing for a while. I think he works better in animated form as an action hero, if you ask me. I mean, he is Oscar worthy in Puss in Boots. Yes, he is. He is so good as Puss. He's great. Great. <laughs> One of the great movies of all time. He's phenomenal. I think I put him on my anti-Oscars when we oh, did Puss in Boots. Oh, I think he did. Yeah, it was just such a good performance. He's great. Yes, he is. He's also great in dramatic movies. He's great in Philadelphia. Like, he's he's great in that. I agree with you. I think Zorro, mm-hmm. although kind of an iconic movie and did really well, I don't know if I love him as an action star. When I see him in dramatic roles, like, he is legitimately one of my favorite actors. I think he's, like, Pain and Glory, he's tremendous. Although, on Moldovar movies, he's great. What was that uh, fucking This Is Us movie? Oh, Life Itself. Life Itself. He's the only redeemable thing in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he is. He He's is. the only one giving a halfway decent performance. Yes, it's the only part of the movie where it's like, this is not unwatchable. Yeah. Here, though, yeah, it's he's oddly neutered. They don't let anybody do anything in this movie aside from, like, shoot guns. Yeah. That's and, it. And then meanwhile, you have Lucy Liu, who is a great action star. Kill Bill, like she, it's that. an incredible physical performance. I don't think she works very well in the movie, though. I guess you know, obviously the script ain't all there, but like, there's there's no scenes beyond her sitting at a computer or firing a gun that kind of makes me root for this cool spy heroine. Mm-hmm. It's just her doing the job in a very stoic manner with no emotion whatsoever. It's just not that cool. And it's a movie that so desperately wants to be fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to say, she's only cool because the script tells you so. Yes. You can't come to that conclusion on your own. Yes, as the fog machine is cranked up to 11. <laughs> right. <here. laughs> she walks in and the kid's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That was so obnoxious. Trust us. This is a shocking moment. I found it frustrating that Antonio Banderas is billed to be this huge badass, like this super spy guy that retired. Yeah, the that, hitman in hiding. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. John like John Wick. Wick. Exactly yeah, right. right. And he doesn't do a single cool, awesome thing throughout the entire movie. No. He's a bumbling idiot. Yes. yes. He almost gets his face burned off. I'm like, they did not plan that. <laughs> he rides a motorcycle into a car that isn't moving. And then is shocked when he goes flipping over it. <laughs> he had a different plan in mind. I don't know what his plan was. A bunch of cars explode around him, but the one he crashed into didn't fucking move. Yeah, no, uh, he, he gets himself locked up because he is framed for shooting the cop. She's the one that has to break him out of the prison van. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the title of this movie is so crazy. X versus Sever implies that this is Godzilla versus King Kong. These are two titans. And it's like, these two are just pawns in this larger scheme. Yes. They're not really positioned in opposition to one another at any point in the movie. We know as the audience, they're not supposed to be fighting. And the real villain is clear the entire time. So it's like, 
You know, it's not even like a Batman Superman situation where it happens in the last 20 minutes. It's like it is apparent to everyone on screen that these two are not the villains. No, no, I mean, I looked at the poster and immediately thought that this was going to evoke like face off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which right. is also kind of a versus movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. That's kind of what I was expecting. Like this constant back and forth, these two just arch nemeses just going at it for one last tango. But no. Yeah, right. You expect them to have some history. Yeah. Right. Of course. There's yeah, implied yeah, yeah. history with other characters for some reason. Right. That we don't see at all. It's he just has intimate relationships with every character on screen except for this one villain that he's fighting. Yes. <laughs> basically even though he talks about her in the script like remember when she shot the cop and it just missed his heart and, yep. and he goes oh is he not bad considering a bullet missed his heart by about a centimeter she doesn't miss how would you know dude you just met her <laughs> how the hell would you know it's like there's all this these lines sprinkled in of like oh yeah it goes back to the academy or whatever 20 years ago i remember when i first saw her or whatever it, none of that in this you get that with the villain you get that with the ray park character like right. oh just like old times where they do the noble fight and they throw down and they go fists <laughs> that's right just so dumb <laughs> throw both the guns down oh my god <laughs> We're going to fight over this giant vat of radioactive goop. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> that for some reason I have in my lab. <laughs> this toxic chemicals. Helps make the nanobots. Why were nanobots yes. so cool in this era? Yeah, I don't know if that's ever been something I've been scared of. Concerned with the government. Nanotechnology. Injecting you with nanobots, Nico. Yeah, no, never really. <laughs> in the COVID vaccines. <laughs> Guess that's true. I'm terrified of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always think it was like, yeah, robots, if they're big, they're scary. You know what I mean? Like, like the Terminator. Scary. Terminator yeah, is yeah. scary. Yeah, right. These things are like, you know. Wally's not scary. No, Wally's cute. You want to give right. him a hug. That's right. So are the nanobots in this. Although I feel like if you hug Wally, it'd be kind of cold. Kind of cold and dirty. I feel like you wouldn't get the sense of satisfaction you think you would hugging that guy. Well, he is a robot. Right. You'd get rust all over you. You'd have to get a tetanus shot afterwards. That's, you have to get a tetanus shot. You know, you know, he has those weird claws. He might scrape you up with his treads, too. There's also that. There's Trying to get footing, and it just scrapes the skin exactly. off. Yeah, so. Pull your pants down. Yeah. Like, like, that's right. Oh, Wally. <laughs> My pants up. Got to wear a belt around you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, now that you bring it up, yeah, Wally might be the least huggable Pixar character. Ooh. Although there's a lot of non-huggable characters. Not like Hero 6 is pretty hard to hug. At oh, least. He's, he's huggable. Big. Oh, he's the most. He's big. I no, but he's so huggable, Nick. <laughs> easy to get, not easy to get your Nick. arms around him, but. That's blasphemous. No, I mean, I feel like I could like touch him with my body, but I don't think I can really wrap my arms around. But it would feel so good, though. He if the arms don't wrap you, around, it's not a hug. He's hugging you, though. That's the thing. Baymax. It, he Baymax. can hug me. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Right. None of the Toy Story characters are particularly huggable, I guess. Lotso is huggable, but he's a bad guy. Bullseye needs a hug. He's a horse. Right. Yeah, but he's so tiny, though. Yeah. It's hard to hug a toy. Yeah, that's true. I suppose uh, Nemo is not particularly huggable. No, Nemo would die. No. Yeah. Not good for Nemo. Uh, neither is Bruce the shark. Bruce the shark is <laughs> certainly not huggable. give that a hug. Uh, How about the turtle? Yeah. If you're underwater, you could give the turtle a hug, I suppose. Yeah, he might be huggable, but also he's like hella stoned all the time. And I feel like I don't like giving potheads hugs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> dude, you ever smell a guy that's smoking pot? It's like, that's not a guy I want to hug right now, dude. <laughs> I'm not dapping you, you up. I'm just going to yes. give you a wave from across the room. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I don't need that on me, bro. Is there anybody from The Incredibles that you just wouldn't want to hug? Mrs. Incredible. I'd hug Mrs. Incredible. Is, I mean, yeah. I'm going to leave this conversation. <laughs> I'm Wise just going to dip out. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> None of the bugs are, yeah, no, not a lot of hugs. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, bugs the Julia Louis-Dreyfus ant. Hard to hug. No, you don't want to hug an ant. No, it's ch- it's ch- it's challenging. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, uh, any more thoughts on this title? Ballistic colon X versus Sever. Why is it called ballistic? Just in reference to the amount of bullets being yeah, shot. That's it. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's also, the nanobots. Oh yes, the nanobots. They, get, they can be given to you via bullet. They sure can. Right. Would you buy a ticket if you imagine yourself? You're 14 years old, 15 years old in 2002. Ballistic colon X versus Sever. You're like, I got to see who's going to win. You're really into X versus Sever. You got the video games prior to going to the movie and getting so okay, excited. This is my second point. Okay. Talk about the games. So this video game comes out on the Game Boy Advanced in not 2002, but November of 2001. A full 11 months before the release of the film, Ballistic colon X versus Sever, based on the rough draft of the script for Ballistic X versus Ever, because indeed this movie had not begun production yet. So they had a script for the movie. They knew Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu were going to be in it, so they had to use the likeness of those two characters. And they make this video game called simply X versus Sever, no ballistic colon. That sounds like a video game to me. X versus Sever, yeah. So people go into this movie assuming it's based on the video game. Oh no, this is based on a rough draft of the script. The video game comes out, gets rave reviews, widely considered to be a very good Game Boy Advance game, Mm -hmm. to the extent that Game Boy Advance games can be very good. They commission a sequel titled Ballistic, colon, X versus Sever, also comes out before the movie. (laughs) There are two video games about this movie before the movie comes out, and the second one is actually based on the official script, the official plot of X versus Sever. Okay. So my question to you is, do you think that this was coordinated all along? Because I was unable to find any information about this. Was this a psyop on the part of Hollywood Studios to be like, oh no, this is a video game that people actually love? Were they banking on people assuming that this was IP? Because this was indeed not intellectual property when the movie was being made. Were they really trying to be that savvy with it? It's not what it is now. Right. Where it's like, it's IP, it's automatically going to do great. I don't know if they were that genius about it. Keep going back to like GoldenEye, which right. is one of the great video games of all time. I, I Probably my number two or one. And your big list of video games that you've played? Yeah, two or one. <laughs> Mark by Madden 03. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Dante Culpepper <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> but that's that's the only thing I can think of. They were banking off the success of what that movie and that game did kind of side by side. But again, the, the game comes out after the movie. So... This is a weird move, uh, I would say unprecedented for any movie to do. Mm. Obviously, it didn't work that well, so. No, it didn't. Yeah, my, my point is that this gambit did not work no. out well, but now that I'm thinking about it, though, it, this is not necessarily, this doesn't necessarily apply to video game movies, but this does happen a lot more now where a book will be mid-draft and they'll commission the movie rights and it's very coordinated in the marketing where, like, we're going to yeah. put the book out 
six months before the movie, but like we are banking on both of these things being hits. And we're going to say it's based on the hit novel or whatever, but the success of both is parallel. That's what happened with Jaws, funny enough. There you go. I mean, it's, okay, there's it. there you go. It's been happening since 1975. Yeah, time. yeah, publishing companies do this type of shit all the time. Yeah. Authors will write the entire series before the first book is published. And they're also, I think, writing too with the screenplay adaptation in mind. Mm. Or at least the editor, the publisher, is definitely editing it with that in mind. Totally. It's like now they're trying to do it with that movie Argyle. They will not stop showing that trailer in front of movies when I go. Like, I've seen it now. A hundred times. Yeah. Who is Agent Argyle, by the way? Who was the real Agent Argyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a real head scratcher that I lay in bed at night thinking about. (laughs) I really want to know who the real Agent Argyle is. I'll tell you what. Every time they say the real Agent Argyle, they always cut to that cat in the bag. I've seen this theory floating about. I think it's the cat. To the extent that I've actually gone through Argyle theories without having <laughs> oh, seen the movie. Oh no, the movie has gotten to you like a nanobot. <laughs> it's infected you. Like a nanobot? <laughs> That's what- But you know, I saw that Apple commissioned this. Because they want to make an Argyle TV show. They want to make the books. They want to, you know, comics, video games. It's another thing where, like, they're so sure that this is going to be a major hit that they've commissioned all of the spinoffs. Oh, no. The movie's going to tank like a motherfucker. I, yeah, I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> no. Studios always think they're so cute. They're trying to get ahead of it. Being like, we're going to just create Star Wars out of thin air. And it's like... Star Wars was a hit movie before they did all that other shit. You know what I mean? It, I don't know. It just feels like this oh. rarely works. But by the way, Star Wars was also a hit because Star Wars was really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it's like, how about we get helps. through one movie and then we'll talk about a TV show? Yeah. It feels like that the Argyle movie was probably written after what is to come in the Argyle universe. Wait, wait, wait. So I didn't even bother looking it up. I just always assumed Argyle was based on something because of that one word title. It's yeah, not, thank you. Yes, it's right. Not. It's another X versus Sever. It's like oh, with the title no. that bad, oh, it must Argyle. be based on something like, else. Oh, it's all right. I, I'm turning to like Abby. Like I'm not really familiar with these Argyle comics, but okay. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. Uh. Um. Yeah. So we're going to go see Argyle. Of course. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and we're we going to take bets on who the real Agent Argyle is, we right? We have to know. We have to know. I think it's going to be the podcast of the year, <laughs> if I had to guess. This is our new- Is that going to be our flash? Why are we fucking hyping this up? Why, I don't <laughs> no, want to see Argyle. I don't want to see it either. No, we're not going to just see Argyle. We're going to see the entire no. Argyle cinematic universe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Uh, we are fully invested now. That does remind me, Nick. It's tiny, tiny little aside, but it is important to note that Nico and I are having a very important date in a couple days. Uh, yeah, we are going to see uh, the film uh, Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Ooh. Reissued in beautiful IMAX. IMAX. Yep. Well, I'll just go see ISS while you guys do that then. <laughs> ISS. I don't know about that one. You know, I know it can't possibly be good, but the trailers look good. Yeah, the trailer. No, we talked about this. The trailers, some of the best trailers I've seen yeah, in years. Yeah, what's happening ISS here? This is looks I, a January movie. It's a piece There's of no, shit, no, right? It's a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Adam. Yes. You can go see uh, the Dune reissue. I, at my Cinemark, have available to me the Dune 40th anniversary David Lynch film. That's playing at AMC. 
that when? is playing at when? AMC. Like when? right like right now. What? Yeah. Ryan, drop everything. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I just remembered. Yes, that's also playing like what? right now. <laughs> I can get tickets for this. I for would fucking love to go see Now that, that I want to do. <laughs> I would love to see that in a theater. <laughs> February 18th. Oh, okay. February 18th. Yep, same day as me. You're showing it at every AMC. Wow, that's hilarious. Uh, laser at a- what is laser at AMC? I don't know. Is that a special new kind of projection? Experience lifelike colors, enhanced brightness, <laughs> lifelike and breathtaking color. clarity with laser projection. With more color, more light, and more contrast, you'll see the laser difference from every angle. It's really going to sell those shield David effects. Lynch's Dune is playing, if you're willing to drive a little extra, in laser at AMC in Danbury. Uh, oh, Danbury. You want to see it in laser? What I gotta do, the dude. fuck does that mean? That sounds laser. fucking sick. I don't know. See the laser version? <laughs> Nick, am I insane for what it is David Lynch is doing in laser? They just shoot lasers into your <laughs> eyes. A, a format I just learned of <laughs> 10 seconds ago. I want to see the Guild Navigator just vomiting oh. light in the way that they do in that movie in laser. Uh, ballistic XV Sever. Yes. yes. We uh, open with a scene of a mother driving her child in a car and she is stopped and a group of men take her child away and then those men are stopped by (laughs) a woman wearing a hood they are blowed up and the child's once again taken away and the child is taken away by this woman wearing a hood instead that's right right yeah right which yes immediately you're like should i be scared because the child i just saw get kidnapped twice yes <laughs> so is this chi- and you might be like is this child important no right not, <laughs> you know what? spoiler no not really he's not that important is he no one in this movie is important nobody <laughs> that's the thing that's the issue you know it's it's like a coen brothers-esque like it's just a bunch of meaningless people shooting each other <laughs> that is an awesome movie idea right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's every coen brothers movie Basically. yeah pointless people shooting at each other <laughs> uh so lucy lou kidnaps this child she plays sever the titular sever yes yeah, she is sever keeps him in his old feud between x and sever keeps this little boy in a cage for most of the movie i know i thought you know the original kids in cages <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we cut to uh what antonio banderas in a bar yes drinking lonely his wife died 10 years ago right. in a fiery blaze and he hasn't left the bar since he's and just yeah, right. he hasn't moved on at all <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just the same the glasses are piling up yeah he's he not left that stool for 10 years also nobody's in this bar i found that kind of amusing i mean naturally yeah. look at that guy hasn't left in 10 years they're all freaked out by him yeah, no, Adam, this is a bar for recovering assassins whose wife died in a fiery blaze. I mean, that's where, <laughs> that's expressly why this place exists. Okay. You and know? That's, that's why it's only him. Small sample yeah, size. The mournful killer bar. You widowed know? assassins. Yeah, you just, you sit there and you just think about all the mistakes you made and the life that passed you by. What a great cliche. What, dead wives? Dead, dead wives. Alcoholic people with dead wives, yeah. Every action movie has a dead wife, I feel like. It's just... Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen any. It's kind of obnoxious. I'm, I'm like struggling to think of a movie where the wife dies. Crazy thought. So there's that the sequence in slow motion where she's walking out of the bar smoking a cigarette and the, the rain is falling down. And you get a cross cut to that one explosion. But the way that they cut it... <laughs> It's just, it's not repeated. It's just the one explosion. So it's like really slow, like, 
and then we cut back to him, and then poof, the car's <laughs> a little more exploded, and then back to him, and then poof, a little more exploded, and it's like, we get it, the car exploded. If you can go back, on one of the cuts, it was a little less exploded. Oh, is yeah, that, that's yeah. always great. They went back in time a yep, little. They do. Sure, yeah, yeah. It made me laugh about as hard as the new robocop when he got blown up in his driveway (laughs) it it made me laugh about that hard when joel kinnaman's body went flailing like a rag doll (laughs) and somehow we came out of that with one arm and that's it (laughs) one arm two lungs and a heart and that's it we were able to recover some of your internal organs Plug them into this iMac. That's a top tier funny explosion. I, I no, would no say question, that. No yeah. So the what? The head of the CIA? The DIA. DIA. Oh, the DIA. A organization that actually exists. I believe it's the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is similar to the CIA, except they only deal with military matters. They're just so it's the intelligence part. branch of the Department of Defense. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought that was the CIA, but all right. Right. DIA. Yeah. But the CIA is also in it too. The CIA is who recruits Antonio Banderas at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And they tell him, hey, uh, it's been 10 years. Or maybe it's the FBI. No, it is the FBI. I'm sorry. Somebody does. But they, hey, uh, buddy, uh, I see. I know you're, you're still drinking over your wife's death. Uh, it's been 10 years. Um, she's not dead, though, bro. We know exactly where she is. We have known for 10 years where she is. <laughs> and uh, she's fine. And we'll tell you, we'll tell you where she is, but right. we need you to just kill this Asian lady. Don't ask too many questions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like, if, like, how about just pay him? Like, he's like a military assassin. Just like tell him where his wife is and then just pay him. I think we're assuming he, he gets paid to do this job. I mean, why do you have to like hover that little piece of information over him? <laughs> Yeah, these movies are always missing the scene where they negotiate over the contract and kind of right. <laughs> I want to see more of that. Like, you want to see them haggle? I, I got the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the assassin agency. It's an agent that negotiates on behalf of his clients, the assassins, for like better contracts. I love it, and it's from his point of view. That's awesome. Oh, and he, he's like Jerry Maguire. But it's for assassins. Ooh. And he's got like multiple phone calls and he's like playing different like shadow governments against one another. And it's like, show me the money. But it's, you know, it's like Johnny Assassin. He's like haggling. Isn't that sort of the counselor? Oh, you you got me there. (laughs) It's kind of the counselor. Yeah. Is it though? What, did you forget his name, counselor? <laughs> I don't know what happens in the counselor. How could I forget? It's every ten seconds in the movie. Is that what happened in that movie? I think so. Yeah, he's like a he's a middleman. He's yeah. a lawyer for assassins. Yeah, yeah. He's the counselor. I had no idea what happened in that movie. <laughs> I don't think assassins specifically just criminal Criminals. goons. Yeah, right. I can't believe I thought of a movie idea and stumbled into the counselor. I mean, <laughs> how much of a hack screenwriter am I? <laughs> where that's where I end up. You just remade the counselor and somehow it's worse. <laughs> I, I was picturing more of like a John Wick type world. Like, Yeah, right. Uh, no, but that's the thing. Who's John Wick's representation? Right. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, so he goes to fighter and uh, terrorism ensues, right? On the streets of Vancouver. This is a Canadian movie. Mm-hmm. 
she's just like literally shooting like guns you can't even get in the u.s they came to start a war <laughs> it's literally there's there's no other explanation it, for one woman for just one woman and hear me out we live in a universe where nanobot assassins exist <laughs> Just, just use the fucking nanobots. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> Slip it in her coffee. <laughs> Bazookas on the streets of Vancouver. <laughs> like, what did Vancouver do? <laughs> I mean, I think that would at least be a phone call with the UN. You know, like, someone would have something to say. Got to be in violation of NATO or some shit. <laughs> Mr. President, it's the damnedest thing. The streets are blowing up. <laughs> I'm sure the guys in FBI badges have nothing to do with it. Yeah, they're also not not like undercover. Right, yeah. Who are we going to blame this on? I can't blame it on the Russians. It's like, you know. No. It's the FBI. They just they got badges. Can we try to get to the bottom of the villain, though? Because that's the thing that's like really throwing me for a Gant. Little. Gant. Gant. I kept wanting to say Robert G. Durant. <laughs> Dark man, <laughs> the name's Durant. Robert G. Durant. No, Durand, I thought no. No, Dur- I thought it was Durant, or is it Durant with a D at the end? I think it was Durant. My favorite. I think you're thinking of Kevin Durant. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> the greatest villain of all time, Kevin Durant. Facts, bro. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, the, uh, no, my favorite. Oh, it is Durant. You're hundred okay, percent right. Okay, it okay. is like KD. My favorite subtitle of all time for a movie: Dark Man Two: Colon The Return of Durant. <laughs> As though anybody was dying. Like, I don't, I'm looking for the return of Dark Man. I don't really care if Durant is involved or not. Like, he's this, like, this villain that made the biggest impact on cinema, the return of Durant. Yeah, it's like, I barely uh, remember his name. And now it's Larry Drake. But you know what? I do think Dark Man 2, the return of Dark Man, is the funniest. <laughs> and they can't do just the return. It's got to be the return <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh i love that okay uh, so, so gant 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 not grant gant. gant we also find out that gant once went by a different name hello jeremiah Agent Clark. It's been a long time. Why? Come on, you should know by now. We had to get rid of Agent Clark. So there could be a Robert Gant. So you rise from the ashes with a license to do whatever you want. Power and profit. It's what we do. If you're uh, going to pick a fake name, it should be less remarkable than your real name. Right. What, what kind of a fucking name is Gant? Right. <laughs> I went from Clark to Mastriano. <laughs> Bonzarelli. <laughs> Greg Henry plays this villain. I like this actor, by the way. Also an unremarkable name. <laughs> yes. Two G's, though. Yeah. Oh. Double G. Wow. Oh, don't like that. D-O-double-G. 
This guy is a, a a favorite character actor of mine. Shows up in Gilmore Girls and a totally. lot a lot of uh, James Gunn. Yes, shows he's up in, in. I think most of the Guardians movies, if not all of them. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. funny. He's the cop in uh, Super, and he's also in Splice, which is one of maybe my favorite role he's ever done. He's very good in or not. Geez, not no, Splice, no, Slither, Slither, Slither. Jeez, Slither, yeah. Slither. Yeah. James Gunn. Sure. Here though, it is the most stoically non-intimidating villain I think of it like I've never seen a villain react less and menace less than this guy he's just totally unfazed by everything that happens including at the end of the movie where Lucy Liu has like a gun trained on him he's just like calmly going about his business doesn't feel like he has any escape route ever he just assumes things are going to work out and then they don't work out I had the same thought like while he was walking into the room and it's like, okay, all of your men are dead. You're the last guy alive. Right. Every fiber of my being says you should be like, I need to run and come up with another plan. Right. And he just walks right into the room. Right. He's not even looking for her. He's just like looking around at other things and she has a gun. Sure. Right. (laughs) And And you don't. And you just think you can get your little nanobot back. There's also a weird scene where he he comes up to Antonio Banderas' wife and Antonio Banderas and the kid. Mm. And they just like, they're just kind of having a little chat about, right. like, it's just like, how is this making this villain scarier to me? He is also the head of the DIA. So, like, he's a guy that sits in a boardroom all day as the assassins do all the hard work. So he's a guy where things usually work out for him. But still, this was, like, like remarkably non-emotive. This performance. Yeah. Uh, spoil- spoilers. Um, he makes it look like Antonio Banderas' character dies <laughs> to Antonio Banderas' wife. And then he makes it look like Antonio Banderas' wife dies to Antonio Banderas' character. Flawless. <laughs> so he makes both of them think they're dead. Perfectly the other one's executed. dead. Perfectly executed. You got to think of the timing here. The, the maestro orchestrating oh, yeah. these explosions to happen <laughs> right at the perfect time to blow. When they're 10 feet away from each other yes. and would have seen each other. Like when a yes. blast happens, what you do is run towards the, bl- like they would have seen, like she had to pull out of the driveway. He would have seen her like run. Well, yeah, I want to know what street. Antonio Banderas did. Right. After, because it blew up and then her car blows up. Neither of them are in the cars, by the way. They're just near the cars. Yes. So I understand, like, she tried to run towards him, and this guy, Gant, pulls her away. Right. But what did Antonio Banderas do? Did he just, like, go home? He's like, well, I guess my car's blown up. Like, he didn't go after her? Okay, that that's the thing. So his car blows up, and the idea is he looks He's up. He's, like, behind a tree. Yes. That, <laughs> that, they had, like, one bush, and, like, that's supposed to be... That breaks the explosion. Yeah. As, as bushes do, I guess. Yeah. But... Well, but, yeah. but <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I heard bushes cause explosions, but all right. The plan is that after he's blown back from the first explosion, he then doesn't think much of that first explosion, looks up and sees his wife's car, and that blows up. But like, and Let's explain the why first, because I don't think people are going to really understand what's happening here. So the wife of Gant that we see at the beginning of the movie we find out at about the 45-minute mark is Antonio Banderas' ex-wife, or I guess... Yes. Well, widow. no wife, I mean... Well, yeah, she widow. assumes widow, right? He was also once a DIA agent, so he has history with this Gant character. Mm-hmm. Gant sends Antonio Banderas under deep cover, sends him on a mission for many years. So Banderas is like, hey, hon, I'm going to be gone for a while. You're not going to hear from me. Gant does this for what reason exactly? Just because he wants... 
His wife? Because the wife yeah. is super hot, and he just yep. wants the wife. Okay, right. So this is the old Hamlet Gertrude trope, right? I was going more Count of Monte Cristo. But, okay. But, and similarly, I guess Antonio Banderas, did we say he gets sent to jail? Who gets sent to jail? No, it, I don't think he's ever sent to jail. Oh, no, he's not. Okay, no, 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 no. I was thinking of another. He character. just assumes that his wife is dead okay. and believes and it. never looks for her. Never looks never inside bought. the coffin. The empty coffin. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what did this funeral look like? <laughs> and, of course, she never kept in touch with her family again, and he never kept in touch with her family again. Right. It's like her sister over in San Bernardino, they never... You think they cross paths? Well, yeah, they'd have a mutual friend or something. By the way, in in reference to the actual accident, the actual explosions, if you're Antonio Banderas laying on the ground, you don't hear your wife screaming in in pain over your charred flesh yeah, being, no, they, being yes. blown up. Like you no, would they, hear her explosion. like freaking out. Like you deaf in one ear explosion. Oh, that's right. So Gant has to pull this off. This stunt where. She believes that he's going on this mission and dies in a fiery blaze. Also, who's responsible for the bomb? That's never revealed. No. I mean, you think she maybe ask a couple simple questions like that. Nico, sometimes there's just a bomb. Sometimes there's just a bomb in a car. Yes. It's the work we work in. It's, it's the industry. <laughs> That's life. So the two of them are 20 feet apart in the front yard <laughs> so of a house. So Both sad. cars explode. Neither sees that, in fact... They were not in the vehicles. Both assume that the other is dead, although a full funeral was held for her. And I imagine a full funeral was held for him too, right? Closed casket, of course. Right, she must have seen a closed casket of his. So <laughs> so all of her family's going to her funeral. All of his family's <laughs> going to his funeral. There's no crossover. Ah! You gotta just an obituary in the papers. Of, like, there's no... Oh my God. They're married! It's like, wait a second, which one are we going to this weekend? <laughs> But they're attending the other. <laughs> we got his on Saturday, hers on Sunday. <laughs> hey, what are you doing here? I thought I'm going to your funeral tomorrow. It's remarkable that he didn't switch the buttons, by the way. If you get the wrong one at the wrong time. Sure, right. Yeah, you couldn't know what button to press. So they both assume that they're dead. And here's the other gambit that Gant has to pull off. With all of his lack of charm and the lack of expressiveness that he has in his face, he must somehow woo this woman. He has to bank on the fact that she's going to fall in love with him after Antonio Banderas is killed. You know, at least like in Hamlet, it's like this is in, you know, ancient times or whatever. And it's, you know, kings and queens. The, the lady did not have much say in the matter of who she was marrying, right? I'm going to marry Hamlet's brother, whatever. Yes. A, an eligible woman like this would have other options if her husband died in a fiery blaze and it seems like she ha just goes along with it i guess i gotta marry gant now there's only so many fish in the sea hey you know she's she's mourning that's what happened with biff and you go Marty with mcfly's the... mom there you go so, there's another go. one yeah it's like huh yeah exactly <laughs> really <laughs> you gotta remember this though here's the wrinkle she was pregnant she knew she was pregnant mm. uh, she needed protection she for the baby yeah. that's right that's mom. right I wonder if Gant knew she was pregnant. I wonder if this whole thing was an elusive plan to get a hold of a kid so that he could steal a, a nanobot from Berlin. And smuggle it over the border in the kid. Through a child, yeah. yeah. Can you just put it in yourself, too? Why don't I got to put it in the kid? you just find a kid? They're, they're not... Why, they're, why can I put it in one of my henchmen? Nanobots 
d- don't exist. So just make up, <laughs> make up whatever you want. Right, like, put it in a water bottle yes, and be yeah. like, yeah. It's it, like, oh, is, we, yeah. they can get through metal detectors. It's no problem. We have these special nanobots. Like, it should be hard to think. Put it in a plastic bag and shove it up your butt like the rest of us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is... <laughs> the amount of times I've smuggled nanobots up my ass... <laughs> It's like, come on. With the old prison wallet, you know what I mean? I'd have three nickels. <laughs> so this plan is like, doesn't make much sense to me. And it it works out because the wife just falls in love, changes her name, falls in love with Gant. Although the second Antonio Banderas is back, she's like, well, fuck my new husband. Yep. Just no conflicting feelings about it at all. Just like, oh, I guess my husband was the villain the whole time and yep. you're alive. And now let's make love. Just no autonomy at all, this woman. That's why I go back to Monte Cristo. It's like, it's exactly the same thing where it's like, yeah. oh, you're alive. Fuck that dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, and there's another plot twist. Lucy Liu kidnapped the child mm. oh, yeah. to save him. Right, because she's got the, he's got the nanobot in him. Right. But she also kind of uses him as bait because she wants to kill Gant because Gant killed her family. And supposedly he killed her family because she dared to have one. Have one, right. Yeah. Broke he goes, well, you're, you're a spy. You can't have a family. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drone strike them. Where's my son, Sever? Maybe the same place my son is. Don't blame me. You broke profile. Is that what you call having a child? They weren't supposed to be there. But then he's like, they weren't supposed to be in there. It's like, what do you mean? You just said, (laughs) what were you trying to do? (laughs) What was your plan? You just wanted them to come back to a crater of a home? Is he sad? (laughs) Crater of a home. (laughs) Oh no, our home blew up. Guess it was a gas leak. Like, (laughs) that'll show him. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention the scene, one of the best scenes of the movie with Gant and the henchmen. One of Gant's henchmen is responsible for losing the son. He's supposed to be in charge of him when Lucy Liu kidnaps him. And when the henchman goes back to see Gant on a bridge, Gant says to him, it's time to do the noble thing and essentially commit seppuku via gun. More noble times. When a knight failed his king... Fell on his sword. Sir? Do the honorable thing, Agent Curtis. I also love about the scene the henchman just got in a fight with Lucy Lou like two hours earlier. Yeah. And has a neck brace. This evil henchman was able to track down a neck brace and just had that handy. I think most henchmen, evil henchmen, need a, a fair number of neck braces. Right. It's got to be in the budget if you're going to work. So he just had that fitted, you know? <laughs> you're, you're screwed if you're an evil henchman. There must be an evil doctor for all the evil henchmen. There's another movie. I think Dwight Yoakam <laughs> is that evil doctor. Yes, that's G- right. Generally yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, commit seppuku. <laughs> I immediately went to Werner Herzog and Jack Reacher. That's what this scene reminded me uh, of. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, do the noble thing, shoot yourself. And he's like, I'm not going to fucking do that. 
Like, that's crazy. I'm not going to, like, shoot myself because I lost your son. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm not getting paid enough for this. And so he turns the gun around to aim it at Gant, pulls the trigger, and wouldn't you know it, the old reverse bullet trick. <laughs> the bullet. Don't you hate it when the gun fires in the opposite direction? Yeah. Gant's whole plan was to rig a gun to fire backwards. I guess so. Why not just shoot him? It's a convoluted. It's Gant. That's More what dramatic irony. That's for what Gant. Gant does. He does stupid convoluted plans. <laughs> he hands the guy a reverse gun. Listen, what if the gun shot backwards? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? No, 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 no. Hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a thousand and one reasons why that wouldn't fucking work. It'll be perfect when I have to take out a henchman in dramatic fashion. <laughs> it's the only thing that's good for. Who's There's no other practical application oh of a reverse firing gun. I just love these these poor guys. Like, who's our supervisor today? <laughs> oh, it's Gant. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, I'm calling in sick. Oh, uh, it's fucking Gant. I never know. Is the gun going this way? Is the gun it's going, going that, that way? <laughs> I never know what to do with his riddles. Oh, this guy's the fucking worst. Oh, I hate this guy. So he hands him a reverse firing gun in anticipation that he's going to aim the gun against direction and then accidentally shoot himself in the head. And he does. And it works. Yeah. It's a great plan. Master plan. What if it didn't work? What if the guy went to shoot himself and then he shot Gant in the foot instead? Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, what if he went the other direction, right into the forehead? True. Yeah, it backfired, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, Gant. Gant. What, what a villain. What a Gant. F- Not what a villain, actually. What a boring villain. <laughs> Gant, who used to be named Clark. I gotta be I, like, one of the worst villains of all time, but I'll still never forget him. <laughs> Gant. Oh. I fucking Gant. <laughs> I do want to see ballistic colon X versus sever colon the return, return of Gant. <laughs> oh, that man. I do want to see. What a time for that. And then they just the trailer. It's just it's just like when they brought the emperor back in the last Star Wars movie. You hear Gant laughing in the background. <laughs> the dead speak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's the movie. So, like, Lucy Liu is trying to bait Gant. X is like, oh, I know Gant. And it turns out he stole my wife. Eventually, again, they fight one time, and then Lucy Liu's like, here, if you want to see your wife, just go get her. Yeah, yeah Just right. go get her. Yeah, she she's is. right there. Yeah. I mean, I have no beef with you. You have no beef with me. Let's be adults about this and fight our common enemy. Then, technically, the title of the movie just ends. Right. It ends very early on in the movie. So X versus Sever is actually a very, very short movie. Very quickly becomes an ampersand. Uh Uh-huh. In the second half. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, bazookas, all sorts of things are shot. A lot of mines at the end. A lot of exploding train cars. Mm -hmm. There was one scene where X and (laughs) Sever are facing each other and shooting towards one another, but... Also, they're slightly off center, so they their bullets fly past 
because there are evil guys behind them. From a distance, by the way. Yes. They're, they're not like right next to each other. They are downrange. So it looks like they're shooting each other, but actually they're working together. It's this kind is of cool. wildly dangerous. I would like, not Wildly dangerous, but kind of a sick idea. I, I guess. I would not recommend even the most skilled assassins do that. I'd be like, let's sit down. Never fire Did he towards- have like a shotgun at him? <laughs> yes, which, which is like <laughs> he was shooting spray. <laughs> exactly. Like, this was not. <laughs> the one time they decide it's- not to go back to back in an action movie. Yeah, just yeah. turn around. If you take care of your side, I'll take care of my side. What if they were pointing directly at each other to just slightly off center? It's like when two outfielders both yell, I got it, I got it. They run into each other. It's like, this is bound to go bad. Somebody call the ball. We also talk about X just gets crushed by a train load of pipes. He does. Yeah, right. He does and somehow survives. Yeah, he survives a bus getting flipped over. He survives a lot of things, this X. The pyrotechnics go off in Antonio Banderas's face, which was crazy. I was amazed that that was in the movie. There was one scene where X is running through the streets of Vancouver, and there seems to be two lovebirds on a street corner. Oh, this one, yeah. I love this scene. And they're kind of necking on the street corner. And, she, you know, the girl's like playfully <laughs> like, oh, stop it, stop it, or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, come on, babe. Let's, you know, we're in the middle of Vancouver, broad daylight. Nothing could possibly go wrong here. It's Canada. It's not like two United States agencies are about to wage war again. <laughs> uh, and Lucy Lou comes running up. Hey, come on, baby. Huh? Come on. And the guy turns around and literally begins like hitting on Lucy Liu immediately. <laughs> like he's in the middle of making out with this one girl. And Lucy Liu comes up. And she's like, hey, beautiful. <laughs> and then she punches him in the nose. Without hesitation. <laughs> it is great. It's like, but it's like she went out of her way to like find this guy. It's like, but this guy, what a scoundrel. It's like, <laughs> you haven't even gotten to first base with this girl yet. And you're immediately hitting on Lucy Liu. I was thinking of Joe Montana in the Money Pit. Yes, like right. It's very much without hesitation. Any woman just, in his line of sight is yes. going to be right. Yeah. Like, if you're in the bubble, right. I'm coming after you. <laughs> He's this heat-seeking missile. Yes. This guy. Like Johnny Bravo. I like when the wife, while mourning her missing child and her dead husband, decides to go to the aquarium. <laughs> Just like yeah. my son's like, been missing for 24 hours rather than get on the phone with the police. I'm just going to go touch the glass and bond with the dolphins. Again, like I wonder if there was like a scene cut where she got a note that was like, meet me at the aquarium. I don't think so. I think that was a random meeting. Or uh, Antonio Banderas followed her. Yeah. He just or maybe he just like, well, my wife loves dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I know this about her. It's the place we met. There is that semblance of like, this is just their their spot. An aquarium is a soothing place, to her credit. I do like an aquarium. Is it you like you like when fish are like in captivity? I like it when when, yes, when when fish are trapped and taken outside of their ecosystems and and combined with animals that they normally don't cohabitate with. Yes, I I love as a bunch of germy five year olds reach into the tank and try to touch them. I am obsessed with the psychological abuse that these fish endure. On a daily what basis. other forms of captivity do you like, Adam? Yeah, please list them all. <laughs> well, when you were in order of what you like the best, <laughs> Adam does not buy cage-free eggs. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. These chickens chicken must, must be, be imprisoned, fucking caged. <laughs> these these chickens must pay for their crimes. That's <laughs> maximum. Just eggs every day. They're just laying eggs. 
There's no pleasure in their life. No that joy. In Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> if I could put every fish in like a goldfish-sized fishbowl, mm. that's my preference. Oh, goodness. Oh my that's God. <laughs> Some are simply too big, <laughs> too Adam. Big. They just will just not fit. Um, uh. Oh, my favorite quote of the movie, of course. Similar to when we did House of the Dead. Mm. The Uwe Boll film where the villain is asked, why did you want to become immortal? And he goes, to live forever. A circular answer to a pretty generic action movie question. I did love when Lucy Liu was like, you killed my innocent family. And Gant says to her dramatically, I can upgrade your status, allow you the luxury of a family. I had a family. You know who we are, Sever. Targets and objectives come first. This is the way our world is. They were innocent. There are no innocent people, you know that. Only killers and victims. Take her out. Yes, sir. That's literally the definition of innocent person. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's what innocent means. It means they're a victim of a killer. It's Gantz we're talking about. Gantz logic makes no sense, Nico. There's no such thing as war crimes. There's only drone strikes and traitors. There's no such thing as winners and losers. It's the team with the higher score and the team with the lower score. I just see again his his henchman just face palming like this fucking guy Gantz. <laughs> First the reverse gun. <laughs> this guy's the then the double car bomb routine just to get this guy's wife. <laughs> this guy's the biggest fucking goober. I can't. <laughs> he named himself Gantz. <laughs> I remember when he was Clark. <laughs> Um, it's like what was wrong with Clark? Clark was fine. I missed the Clark days. <laughs> before I missed miss, Clark I, era. I miss Clark before it was acquired by Gant. <laughs> I, I longed for the Clark days when guns only went forward. <laughs> funny to anyone who hasn't seen the movie <laughs> i don't think so okay I'm just this <laughs> is funny to anyone who's seen the movie <laughs> doubt it uh yeah so kid is saved the head of the fbi is like why'd you let lucy lou go she like killed a bunch of people and antonio banderas after witnessing this woman lay waste to several people in the streets of vancouver says with a straight face so where's our mysterious killer? She's not a killer. Then what is she? A mother. Okay, then where is she? Yeah, those are uh, two different things. <laughs> She's not a killer. <laughs> She's not a killer. If you're a mother, you can't be a killer. There are no innocents. There's only killers and mothers. Still <laughs> <laughs> the killers and mothers. Wow. <laughs> That's the hardest job of them all. <laughs> being a mother. That's right, yeah. Yeah, listen, try being a hitman, like... Nothing on that's up. fine, but dude, this movie cost 70 million dollars to make. Oh my god, 
it was made by a man that goes by the name of Chaos. Mm-hmm. K-A-O-S. Yep. Chaos. It is short for Vich Chaosanada. But Witch Chaos or Chaos for short. I'm fine with that. He is a Thai filmmaker. Okay. This is his second movie. His first movie was the most expensive movie at that point in 1998. It's called Fa, the most expensive movie in the history of Thailand cinema. Wow. Now, you might ask yourself, how did a first-time Thai filmmaker get this giant budget? And even better yet, how did this first-time filmmaker that made an unremarkable movie in Thailand get a second movie to cost $70 million in the United States? Did he work with Uwe Ball? Uh, he did not. I don't know if this is a money laundering scheme. His father, this is my theory. There's not really much about this on Wikipedia, but his father was a famous Thai diplomat. So I'm thinking, this dude, Nepo baby. Mm, Nepo baby. Those damn Nepo babies. That's my theory anyway. Always up to no good. <sighs> Chaos is still making movies to this day. None of them particularly remarkable. Most of them, though, in his native country of Thailand. The United States studio system did not give him another bite at the apple after this one. Fair. What do you think about uh, these types of uh, directors that go by like one word or have a stylistic title? I thought of McGee right away. I was thinking of McGee as well. Yeah, Yeah. that was my first Mm. one. Who made a similarly bad action movie around this time. What did he make? Charlie's Angels. Oh, but at least that one made money. It did. That's true. So I'm thinking Chaos is a bit of a Nepo baby, but he goes by Chaos. And the (laughs) title card directed by Chaos, one of the great title cards of all time. (laughs) It fits. (laughs) Because this movie literally is directed by Chaos. (laughs) Uh, also written by the screenwriter Alan McElroy. He's the only one with screenwriting credit, although, of course, it went through several rewrites. Uh, he wrote uh, the classic Hollywood films uh, Spawn. Oh, my God. Have you guys seen Spawn? No. Oh, my God. We got to talk about fucking Spawn. We really should do Spawn. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that just, that was the, wow. Okay. Now, now, now I'm loving it. <laughs> that is so funny. He wrote Spawn. He also wrote. 1988's Halloween 4, colon, The Return of Michael Myers. Oh, my God. And after that movie, he's like, for my next act, I will do a ballistic, colon, X versus Sever. This guy and I were meant to cross paths. <laughs> Spawn in Halloween 4. That's really his most uh, notable screenwriting credits on this. This thing went through several titles. It was originally written in the late no, 80s. No, wait, really? <laughs> originally written in the late 80s under the title Legion. And then Gunner, that was the next. Wait, Legion? Legion. First Legion, then Gunner. How could this possibly be called Legion? What about this? Uh, I don't know. Evil Legion, I guess. I don't know. It was very early on in the screwwriting process. Uh, Dolph Lundgren was the first person attached to Star. It was then turned into X versus Sever, a uh, two-hander with first Wesley Snipes and Jet Li playing the roles before Sever was turned into a woman. And also... And my God, to see this movie, the alternate universe where this movie exists, Sly Stallone and Vin Diesel. Oh, early Vin Diesel. Head to head. Wow. Two guys that I consider to be kind of kindred spirits cross-generationally in Hollywood. I agree with that. Seeing them in a movie together, X versus Sever, Stallone versus Diesel. Sick. I'd see that movie. I can see the trailer right now instead of Baderas versus Lucy Liu. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it. No. Unfortunately. That's all I got. All right. Incredible. Incredible. 
Cross it off the list, baby. We've done it. Nick, get your giant, like, you know, the, the pens they used to sign the giant check. Those gimmick yeah. checks. Get that one out. Cross it off the list, <laughs> Nick. It's finally the day. Listen, we have the Uwe Bowl coming up, and I don't know if I can follow up this with another Uwe Bowl film. Alone in the Dark, starring Christian Slater and Tara Reid, coming next week to Why Is This a Thing for the Uwe Bowl. Another video game movie, Adam, technically. Yeah. It, oh, it's a video game movie. I, I oh, I mean, so is this, technically. Oh, yes, that's right. There's your little bit of Super Bowl counter-programming. Mm-hmm. If you are not into insert team here versus insert <laughs> team Mahomes. here oh oh yeah patrick it's Mahomes already been leaked playing the 49ers and that yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah that's been leaked that's yeah i forgot I, oh they, the script the script leaked it was part of the sony hack it was oh uh, yeah. i see uh yeah so we'll be back next week for the uve ball this is gonna break my mind dude I, <laughs> just it's the gift that keeps giving Adam. We can do this every year for the next decade. Oh, as long as they're it. doing Super Bowls, we're doing Uve Bowls. <laughs> I'm going down the road to Bristol. I'm talking to the execs. I'm just like, guys, get, get in touch with the to NFL. Cancel the Super Bowl. Talk with the NFL right now. We need to cancel this shit. You're commissioning CTE like studies. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> I can't do the Uve Bowl anymore. <laughs> These guys on Why Is This a Thing are giving me a concussion every week with the Uve Bowl. <laughs> Save me. But more damaging to the brain than a career in football. <laughs> Watching Uve Bowl. Oh, no. Uh, okay. We love you guys. Yep. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.